All right, welcome back to the golf podcast. So, Mike, I I had done some digging on this because you and I we're unfortunately too young to have really witnessed Jack Nicholas play. Right, right. But mm-hmm. we were recently filming something at Baltusrol where Jack, you know, he he famously set the scoring record there. He won twice. He actually set the scoring record twice for the U.S. Open there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'm like, I want to do a little bit of digging because you know I think do you agree with me like. The, the the debate that goes back and forth, Tiger Woods, who's the who's the greatest to ever play the game? Of course, right? always. Mm-hmm. And I think we both always say Tiger. Tiger would be our first pick right. as being the, the all time greatest. And the argument can go either way. But a lot of people will say, well, it's because of you're young, you've watched more of Tiger, whatever it may be. True enough. Mm-hmm. There's one thing in my digging that now I can say, pretty much undeniably, was that Jack was the greatest major player who ever lived. The greatest major player that the ever greatest lived. player in majors who ever lived, and that's and and I some people might say like, well, duh, Frank, but I'm I'm saying that not because he has more wins than than Tiger. Mm. It's because of how dominant he was in majors, okay, across the board. Mm-hmm. So I started pulling up some of these stats, and they just absolutely blew my mind. And the first one tells such a big story. 18 is such a big number, and we know like Tiger fighting to attain it, and he's still yep. got a long way to go, mm-hmm. given his age, and, and no one else is even close. But did you know that Jack had 19, 19 runner-up That's finishes insane. in majors? Jeez. You think about <laughs> the difference of the way the ball bounces could have been the difference in, in, in X number more majors. He had five five of those majors alone came either in a playoff or a one-stroke difference. Of the ones he came in second? Of those 19 where he came in second, five were decided by either a playoff or one stroke. Meaning if in just you know roughly half or whatever of those he converted, Mm -hmm. he could have had 20 majors. Yeah. He could have, out of those five, if if just two times a one-stroke difference, he would have had 20 majors. I mean, absolute... Pure dominance in majors. Now, like I said, you want to do tail of the tape, and we could talk about, you know, Tiger having more overall wins, or mm-hmm. some people will say like how Tiger was more dominant in his, you know, world number one streaks, and and that's tough to compare because they didn't even have necessarily a world number one ranking that's for true. all they did of, of Jack's mm-hmm. career. But when it, like I said, when it just comes to majors, how about just this? If just if Lee Trevino didn't play the game, Jack would have had three more majors. Lee like, bumped about three times. Three times. Three times he was edged out by Lee Trevino. And I think Watson, when as you got more into like the early 80s, Tom Watson was the guy who knocked him out a few times. Yeah. Yep. So it's just like the difference of a couple players could have been Jack being in the 20, having a 20 handle, like 20, 20 plus, plus majors. Sure. Listen to this. Trevino really was a thorn in his side. He beat him in the 1971 U.S. Open in a playoff. Then he beat him by one stroke at the 1972 Open Championship and one stroke at the 1974 PGA Championship. Mm. So, so three total wow. strokes, one, one stroke each time, basically, with a playoff. And they would have been three more majors for Jack. Yeah, I wonder why Jack was so dominant. Again, I haven't watched enough tape of Jack. I'm too young to have seen Jack in his prime. Was he just consistent? Was yeah. he just like, was he aggressive? Was he a gopher guy that make, he made it work? Like that Baltus roll one iron shot? Did he do that all the time? He was he was a, uh, one of the smartest to play the game. Mm-hmm. He was also incredibly athletic. He hit the ball a long way. You're right. Um, he just, he's one of those guys who had the all-around game and also had the mentality. We talk about like Tiger winning and the, his strength of his mentality, like how Tiger would, 
it was almost it was intimidating to mm. his opponents. I'm sure that Jack had a certain degree of that, but also just smart golf, knew his way around golf courses, and just could win. Um, but Tiger, so this is interesting too. Tiger, although it's nowhere near that 19 number, he finished runner-up in majors seven times in his career. Tiger mm. did. So if he converted less than half of those, he would have tied yeah, Jack's exactly, record. Right. Right. And again, all these are big what ifs and it's just fun speculating. And I know really what it comes down to is it's a lot more nuanced than that. But you think over four rounds of 18 holes of golf and the difference being one stroke in a lot of these one, one single stroke. swing think of the club. That, right. And it's a difference in a major. Um, Tiger also has a 31 top five finishes in majors. So Tiger, obviously, we always know. And he's played in over 90. I think I did that stat. I checked that the other day. So that's like 30% of the time. So he's yeah. top five in a he, major. It's like what it came down to, and I'm looking at this, is that both of them were just always in it. Always in it. You know, there was always the chance that that, that they could win. But with Jack, I mean, some of these... Um, His records were even better as far as like, wasn't he always in the top 10, you were saying? He majors? was like always in So I'm looking at this. He's... He, <laughs> this is a crazy one yeah. talk about like jack would always be there sunday he finished seventh or better in 68 majors <laughs> 68 stop it i mean we're talking about a career like 68 there's four majors a year How, it, he is was like 15 years right as i mean like he was in it and 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 able to win for such a big wow. portion of his career that's incredible that makes that's you know, case in point for what you originally said, best major player of all time right there. Right. It's like if, if DraftKings was around back then, uh -huh. you would just always have to put a little bit of money on Jack. Always. You would have to because it would just be he, he's always going to be in the hunt. Right. And it's just whether he, he has it that week to, to win <laughs> win or not. It's easy to gamble back then. It would, listen now to this. it's not. <laughs> this is a streak. From 1971 to 1982. Jack finished outside the top 10 just once at the U.S. Open. Wow. So he was in the top 10 at the U.S. Open every year for like 11 years. The U.S. Open. The U.S. Open. The hardest major. Right. So Jeez. now you're just saying, and, and here's a major that it's not like Jack was just a uh, a one-track mm -hmm. guy. Like, uh, just like he, yeah, he has right. Augusta and he just always he just showed up there. anywhere and he played. Yeah, the U.S. Know. Open's bouncing around. Like you said, the hardest tracks, they the, could the grow the rough in. It was crazy. Right. The USGA would set up these courses. And, and you'd be watching that. Imagine, I mean, that was that predates us, but imagine back in those years, you're a golf fan. You just turn it on on Sunday and Jack's somewhere in the top 10 every year. Every year. For a decade. How incredible is that? I mean, that's dominance. Absolutely dominance. I'm just going to keep hitting you with these. In 44 majors from 1970 till 1980, so that full decade, the 70s, Jack missed one cut. He missed the cut one time. So he's there every In one weekend. full decade. In a, for a full decade, 44 majors. 44 majors. He made the cut at 43 of them. Yeah. And wow. Jack was coming up on everybody really quick, too. Uh -huh. You know, as a, as a young guy, he came up quick. He has three top 10 finishes in majors. As an amateur. Wow. As it really? As an amateur, he was in the top 10 three times. So before he even started his full professional career, he was top 10ing in majors. So he was just a born winner. I mean, the guys, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, again, I'd love to go and just like, I mean, I know we're stating the obvious, and I'm sure there are some of our listeners and viewers who, you know, were old enough to, to, gotten yep. to see him play and are like like no kidding guys yeah, I, they're like yelling at the screen but you know as younger guys who didn't get to see it 
didn't get to watch Jack, and we only know the big number. You know, until I really dove into it, I mean, I, of course, we know one of the greatest to play the game, if mm-hmm. not the greatest, depending on where you stand on that fence. Mm-hmm. But we all know the big number, you know, 18, 18. and whatever, me. But dissecting it now like this, and I'm like, come on. I know it's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. But this wow. might be part of the key, I too. I can't believe that. This is crazy, too. Jack, for the old equipment that he was using, uh-huh. he could flush the ball. Yeah, he could hit we've it. seen it. So listen to this. He, on the... um. It was the the he won. It was the 1963 PGA Championship. Had a long drive contest. Um, he won with a poke of 341 yards. <laughs> it was a record that would stand for 20 years. Wow! So imagine 63 hitting the ball 341. No, with that equipment. So Jack, absolutely you know he came he came on the scene. Like I said, very young. He's a, he's an amateur. He's right. He's in there in the mix of the majors. He had the complete game. Um, and he had power. He was an athlete. It was just incredible. It was just incredible what he did. I can't believe that. Wait, this long drive thing. So, wait, let's back up a sec. Is this something that happens at the PGA Championship to this day? I don't know. This could have been just a side thing. I wasn't able to find too much information on it. I don't know if it was held as its own thing yeah. or if it's just the longest drive of the week. Mm-hmm. There might have been some gotcha. hold they there measuring. The the week. But he, he said he... They, they called it a contest. He said he won the 1963 PGA Championship Long Drive Contest. That's so interesting. I mean, I would love to go back. Maybe it's the 86 Masters is the one to watch, but I'd love to watch Jack play. Yeah. And like physically, like down the line camera, see how he shapes shots, like physically watch him play golf. It would be, Because yeah. we don't, we haven't seen much there's, of it. And, and, and as much as I've even tried to do some digging, there's not a lot of footage. Yeah. Because way just, back before right. 70s, forget it. 70s, forget it. Were they even filming down the line like we see PGA Tour? Like, could we see shots? Obviously, no tracers, but can right. we see shots? <laughs> the tracer or were they the just filming? I feel like if you see old school golfer, they were like filming head on. They would, yeah, they had you a lot see of, where it was going anyway, like cranes and yeah. filming and trying to cut because they, they also didn't have the, um, the ability to cover the golf course the way they do now with as many cameras, right? So maybe there's a couple cameras in strategic spots around the course. And you know, as the 70s and 80s, 80s. obviously, it started so to I, really, I but it was nowhere near the quality, would be the highest now. quality we would get of Jack then, probably. Okay, probably. So that would be the one to watch, but I'd say it, it doesn't bring up a good point. Like, this would be a fun thing, and I know a lot of guys probably wouldn't do it because they don't want to get like injured, but. It would be cool if, if for some of the big events anyway, if the PGA Tour did a long drive, yeah, a separate event, like right. if you did that on Wednesday or you know what I mean, like after the pro after the pro am we go and you got all the guys to the range and and you just did a, a long drive, yeah, you know what they they three shots they're so like you know about like doing different things. Liv should do it. Liv should somebody do it. should do that. You should take everybody who's in the field that week and just do a long drive champ of the week. I feel like that'd be a good way to grow the game. It'd be cool. It'd be cool because like uh, long drive is its own thing, and, and it was cool. But recently, we had Martin Borgheimer on the show, and it was funny how he said he he's like uh, no, he said uh, Bryson shouldn't win because he's a golfer, and because right. and it just showed the difference in how obviously Martin is is a gr- incredible golfer himself, mm-hmm. but like how they consider it like very different. Yeah, the way do. the sports are, they do. So there might be some guys who who don't want to do that, but just even if it was a casual one, I mean, I don't even mean breaking out like long drive, right? Just drivers. a casual, just like up. your driver. Yeah, just like let's just do a quick long drive. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. DJ that would, be so, would win that every single week at Live. Yeah, if Live did it, no Bryson. Oh Bryson, Bryson that's would right. Win Bryson's there. That's right. Bryson would win that every week. There's no doubt. But he's got to use his regular driver. Yeah, but still, Bryson came in second in the actual long drive competition. Yeah, I'm sure he could 
he could probably bomb his regular shaft driver. But I would far. watch the heck out of that, even on the PGA Tour. I want to have to see, even if they're not bombing it as long as like long drive, but I would mm-hmm. love to see some of these guys who are pretty long hitters mm-hmm. stepping up. I would think it would be great. You, you know, you have, um, what's it's the... It's a different element to the game. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like the uh, Pro Bowl. Like during the Pro Bowl week, they have all these fun challenges yeah. for the NFL players. I think during the championship weekend, like it should be something kind of like that, you know? Do these fun challenges like... It'd be, yeah. Like yeah, like have that QB tournament, glass, that QB like, competition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that would be fun. Like, like a short game darts yeah, competition. Yeah, so fun. That would be cool. It would be cool to see. But anyway, whatever the backstory is there, I just thought this was absolutely incredible. I mean, to think that he 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 has 18 majors and 19 runner-up finishes. The idea is that just with the slightest little change, a little variation over those four days, he could have had so many more. I know. Um, just makes me show like the tale of the major tape at least has to go to Jack, obviously, over Tiger. Not even just the, and I know the obvious is the total wins, but forget total wins for a second. Write down the, the list, the amount of top tens, the amount of made cuts, yeah. the amount of I agree. I even think if finishes. Tiger converted three of his runner-ups to wins and they were tied at 18-18, you still got to give it to Jack. You still got to, because look at all these. 19 runner-ups, like I said, um, seventh or better in 68 majors. Seventh or better. It's just absolutely incredible. Tiger has 31 top five finishes, but still half, really, of what, what Jack's got there. Yeah. So it was just absolutely incredible. Um, but anyway, speaking of, I want to quickly talk about, uh, speaking of Liv, I want to talk about, because this week was the, the big finale. We ran a poll. We'll talk about that in a second uh, to see you know who watched it, what the thoughts were on it, because it now wraps up Liv's inaugural season. And I also want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the Bermuda the Butterfield Championship because mm-hmm. there was some interesting stuff that went down there and some really good golf that was played, but the course, was, the wind was was just incredible. Yeah, so the, the we're going to dive into tough. both of those, but let's do a quick word from our sponsors and let's let's get into it. All right, listen, you don't get to be number one just because you talk a good game. Obviously, you have to earn it, and Titleist earns that number one ball in golf every week on tour with more players trusting the Pro V1 and Pro V1X than any other golf ball, and the crazy thing is that it's not even close. In fact, it's often more than 70% of the field, and the numbers are even more impressive at the amateur level. In fact, we did a breakdown of those amateur Mm -hmm. uh, for this year's U.S. amateur, and it was incredible how many chose the Pro V1 and Pro V1X. It's the number one choice at the NCAAs, the U.S. Amateur, the U.S. Women's Amateur, the U.S. Junior, uh, just to name a just few. To name a few. Yeah, just to name a few. Right. So across the board. So make Titleist your own number one. Tee up a Pro V1 or Pro V1X on your next round and always bring your best. And guys, Fitjoy, they released the Thermo Series not long ago. It's their most advanced apparel layering system ever that features layering items designed specifically for golf to enable play in all weather conditions. So it's getting cold out. Golf courses are still open. I actually love playing golf this time of year. The only issue is it gets cold, Frank, you know? Mm -hmm. But these base layers, mid layers, outer layers, and the pants that are in the Thermo Series collection, guys, they're made with these materials that move with you throughout the swing, no restrictions. They're lightweight to reduce bulk, and that also means when you de-layer, you could just basically roll these things up and shove them into your bag. That's what I love about them. Uh, But they're temperature regulated to ensure maximum comfort no matter how many layers you're wearing that day that's the beauty behind the technology so check out the entire thermo series by footjoy today just visit footjoy.com all right so real quick i want to just cover the uh, this week's pga tour event then we're going to talk a little bit about liv's big finale the big team event um 
so I was watching a little bit of this, and it, what it immediately did was solidified. I mean, I had, I had thought about it, but it solidified Bermuda as a bucket list golf spot for me. Anything on the coastline you love. I mean, are you kidding, though? It could be Ganda. It could be, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's on <laughs> the coastline. It's beautiful. I it's love gorgeous. coastline golf. It's gorgeous. Don't get I me do. wrong. The palm but trees, the water. Yeah, God. It was The light blue water. Stunning. Yeah. It was stunning as a location. And when the wind is not up, it looks very nice. But when the wind is up, you're like, ugh, I don't Danger know. zone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and what was so incredible is you got to view the difference that the elements really make because you had in the final round the first couple of holes where it's protected from the wind the guys were really going low mm-hmm. i mean they were tearing this place up you, they you, were you saw numbers under, like 21 and i got the 21 under nine, but 900 was first day right for right. smotherman out there but it geez. all depends on that, that wind but then they make the turn to the back nine and the, the bogeys and the double bogeys started coming on you're seeing it like affecting putts everything wind is nasty in golf, it is right, nasty man? it's impossible to play in heavy wind but what i was so impressed with and I'm always impressed with watching the PGA Tour. It's just such a different level. Is the way that they just change their approach in order to to make those uh, yeah because th- th- like you and I would just be happy with like okay, there's the pin. I just want to put it close and like right. whatever it takes. Whatever right? it takes. These guys have multiple ways of getting it close. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that was like you saw as the wind started kicking up, they were starting to flight those wedges yeah. lower the and golf lower. Games are Swiss lower. Army knives. Like, yeah, they the just heck? pull out whatever they yeah, exactly. right. I'm like oh, 100 yards. That's the same wedge for me. Right. They're just like whatever. They're gonna, they're going to take different laws. Mm-hmm. They're going to deal off. They're going to and these yep. guys were it's hitting low wedge shots and getting them tight. But it was incredible. But um, this kid Ben Griffin. Mm-hmm. had the lead and uh he was really tearing it up with that you know and especially those those holes before the wind kicked up and then i felt bad watching his kind of his fall apart yeah, yeah. that was tough to watch but it shows a lot of promise for him i think he's a rookie i right? think he's a rookie, rookie too yeah yeah so like i know it's not the strongest field out there but there's some but still you go out there like james our buddy james nichols who went out there unfortunately he missed the cut but if you're like him in his position fighting for like a career in this game and you sh- have a, a week like Griffin's had, that's promising. Man. It was an incredible really week, and it came down to the last little bit. It was tough to see him slip the way he did, but hats off to Seamus Power, who won this thing. Now yeah. it's his second PGA Tour win, and uh, he fought there. He, he lost some strokes, too, in those those windy couple holes coming down the stretch, but he fought it out and ended up uh, finishing at 19 under. Mm-hmm. Um, just incredible the way his, his game worked out. And I wondered, like, some of his, like, Irish background, mm-hmm. if he's a little bit more adept and to used wind. to that wind. Probably. Just growing up playing it. Yeah. So does that book him a ticket to the century? I believe. No, I think the century you have to win in the, the previous year. year. Yeah. The previous so season. he'll be able to go to the next year. Oh, I'm still so confused as to. I know the when wraparound the season, season starts. And just really, the guys from last up. fall who won are playing next month or in January at the Century. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Right. That makes you know? sense. But I the feel Century like, is technically I, I gotta, part of this I, season. I gotta just be honest with you. The Bermuda. I got a bone to pick with the trophy. All right. I know it's a triangle. The triangle. There are some ugly trophies in the PGA Tour. Okay. And I, we could do a whole show where we rank how ugly. I mean. If there's ever a trophy I think I would never want to win, it's the Zozo. Because I don't know where I would put it. Where that would you put thing. it? You need a bigger house. Yes. Like, yeah. What are you walking some noxious? And if you only just won the Zozo, you're like, yeah, that's the only weird fan looking thing I have. But then you had like, there was one out, there was one thing shaped as like a ram. I think it one uh, thing you, you win like a conquistador. Like I, you got like a helmet. There's some bad trophies. There's involved. some too that like. And this triangle thing was terrible. I feel like sometimes the sponsor gets a little. I'm sorry, guys. I love you, Bermuda. Believe me. But I'll tell you what, sometimes, too, you're right. The sponsor sometimes gets a little bit too. Like, isn't the Valspar like a paintbrush? It's a paintbrush with a paint can. Yeah. 
with uh, like metal. But I mean, I know they pay a lot of money. Uh, yeah, they to deserve it. These things, but on the same token, it's like maybe relax with maybe the trophy. Relax. You know, the Zozo when Tiger won the Zozo was a big Halloween costume that year. We saw a lot was of people it? making it. That's funny. I think Travis Fulton was it. <laughs> he had the red shirt, black pants, and this big old thing. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, that you know that's its own segment. At some point, we're gonna have to put together the best and worst trophies. Yeah, there are the some PGA really good Tour. ones. There like are the Wanamaker. Tro- I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah if I was a trophy, I want to win. Of course. The of course. Or are you thinking like even the Masters little yeah. house thing is pretty yeah, cool? The, the club. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll right. do a whole thing on that. We're gonna dig into that. But anyway, um, what of course we got to talk about is live this week. Yes. And the question I have is that the viewership numbers, because they're so public, YouTube and stuff like that, does this spell disaster for Liv? Because there's no doubt in my mind that there's got to be some scrambling happening this morning amongst the, 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 the higher ups running this league of being like, come on now. Now, they may also there's been a lot of money committed to this and they may also be like, look, this is just part of our long term. And we're going to talk in a second about what some of their, the, the, the business plans are. Cause that was also revealed this week for live. Mm-hmm. But you look at this and you think on paper, here's two things. This is the finale, right? The, the season finale, it should be the most watched event for that reason. Right. But it's also, it's the team event. Yep. It is the difference. The difference that was shouted from the rooftops from the PGA Tour, the excitement, why Liv is so different. It's the team team element. Which they're putting all their money behind. That's the team, right? This is not just the PGA Tour 2.0. This is totally different. This Mm -hmm. is the team. So this was your your first really big team event and the headline grabber. grabber, It was a $50 million purse. So now you got to be thinking, you're Liv. You just... You laid out fifty million dollars for this event, not to mention all the money you paid these guys just to come over to live. Right. Mm. And you do all that for three hundred thousand views on YouTube. Yeah. And that's three hundred thousand total cumulative views over the entire five hour live stream. There were people who were watching and checking in and and there was at times there was fifty thousand people watching. Yeah. A lot of those numbers didn't happen until the final couple of holes. People tuned in just to see who just was gonna to see win. The final holes. Just to see the final now, there, there was pushback on like, you know, they could be watching it on the website. They could be watching it on Facebook, but. But let's be what, real. Yeah, who's watching How many Facebook? people are really watching? Because the, the website is tough to watch on. The way the structure is, they don't have like a, a thing where you can like, you know, beam it up to your your smart TV right. or whatever. Yeah. I think most people, if you want to watch, like you watch golf on TV, you're going to use some sort of smart device. And YouTube, it's the easiest mm-hmm. way to watch it. Maybe some people, but let's give them like, let's give them that. Let's say 100,000 more people watched on the website, which anybody who's watched on the website knows it's not the best viewer experience. Correct. It's like this little like player on the website. Yeah. So not. anybody who's bearing that, mm-hmm. 100,000, maybe another 100,000 watched it on Facebook. Because a lot of people, the truth is a lot of people don't watch long form on Facebook. They you know? don't. YouTube um, but, is usually the place for that type of, of course. thing. If you're not watching broadcast television. So if we had those together, that gives you 500,000 people. Half a million people. Now imagine you Football paid, was the big competitor. It was. And that's what I want to talk about with the difference in the Because football's on TV. So what right. are you going to do? Sit there on your phone and watch live? Right. No. But can you imagine you laid out $50 million to get that many views? I made a joke the other day. This, that literally means that more people are now watching Fat Perez than Pat Perez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Because you go to Bob Does Sports and some of the big YouTubers yeah. right now, they're they're pulling 700,000, 800,000 views per video. So you're going and watching Fat Perez play a match against Bobby and Cold Cuts. Right. And right. you're getting 700,000 people watching it. Yeah, and then you've got Liv with... Bryson and best players in the world. That's, well, yeah, some well, of them. Some of them, right? Let's yeah, I'll be honest. Some of them, yeah. right? Well, you had the number one player in the world briefly, yeah. 
Cam- Cameron Smith. Yep. Go over there for 300,000 views. Is this a major disaster for Liv? Like, you guys weigh in in the comments and tell us. But is here's this a disaster, or is it just a bump in the road of the long term? My thing about Liv, though, is like, put all the politics and everything your feelings aside. Liv itself, I believe, is a good product. So imagine if on Sunday morning you woke up and you put on Sunday afternoon and at 11 o'clock you put on Channel 2 CBS and kicked off was the live. Obviously, they're not going to be on CBS, but imagine it was. Okay. When you tune in, that's it's what, easy well, for you. It, it's easy. So, so that's my question. Is, it, on the is, it that, is it that it's just not easy and that's why people aren't doing it? I think that it? might have a problem with it. Because what are you going to do? Be on YouTube? You got the family over? Where are you going to go? In the bathroom with the computer? If they're watching football on the big screen, where are you going to watch this? You, But if you're flipping back well, and forth I on think the TV between Liv and like we used to do on like US Open, you know, whatever big golf events, we go from like a football game to a... Yes, P- I think football was a big part, part of that problem. But it makes me wonder though, because like for me personally, and I know there's going to be different viewing preferences and generational stuff like that. Yeah. I have Apple TV, yep. right? I watch everything through Apple TV. Mm-hmm. So it is very simple for me to switch between YouTube and the football game because I just go to my like Comcast streaming app for my my Kate quote unquote cable. Right. And then I'll flip over to YouTube. I watch YouTube on my big screen. So it's a similar viewing experience to, for me. All right. Now, picture, I don't know if others have that. Picture though. your father trying to do that. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Generationally, <laughs> like my father is never going to. He's never going to tune in to live. Because where would he watch it? The most he would do is like he likes to watch some stuff on his iPad. And I just got him starting to watch some YouTube. Okay, so you're getting him into YouTube. So if I told him it's on YouTube. So that's my question then. Does that mean that Liv's viewership problem really comes down to a a, a product problem, the product mm. they're putting out, or a broadcast problem? If question. they were on traditional broadcast, same as PGA Tour, would they get the viewership or is there a bigger underlying problem? Because to me, I, I, I just worry that there might be an underlying problem when your biggest event, you're not getting enough it's, interest. But it's still buried. It's it's on YouTube. Like we're not used to it. Like we're watching football on TV, on the couch with the family. Not everyone. I don't have an app. Like it's just like it's yeah. not. I didn't. It's just, that's a solid point. I agree. I just it's think not that might, as easy to It's not watch. as easy to access. But I just, but the reason I, I keep wondering is because I'm thinking like, if it's if it drew enough attention and there was enough curiosity, people would find a way to watch it. You can still, I mean, the truth is, although mo- like a lot of people have cable still and they watch that way, what is the the stat? Like like ninety percent of of Americans have a smartphone, right? So and right. and Android phones come preloaded with YouTube, so it's not like YouTube is hard to find. It's not like it's just on the website. True. So what I mean is like if they had built up enough curiosity about Live and enough people cared, they could find it. Mm-hmm. So the concern I, I have is, does this mean that not enough people truly care? If that's all the viewership you could pull. And then more so, does this mean that their their uh, business model is not sustainable? I don't know. That's a good question. I think kind of talking to that point, I think it is a little bit of both the product and the broadcast. I think that product wise, they should have went all in on the team event or like every event should have been a team event and not even tried to play like going against the pga tour as for like the individual i think it would have been way more fun if every event was purely a team 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 team. yeah and especially if they're going for the franchising in the future i think that that's because we like team golf as golf fans we love the Ryder cup we love president cup right but that's what i'm saying for this being that final culmination the big team event the big matchups and the what, all that type mm-hmm. of stuff that we were looking for. And now it's like, you know, you're putting whatever the, some of the matchups were, like it's Cam, Cam, Cam Smith and, and Dustin Johnson yeah. or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. 
those are headline acts and that yet nobody really tuned into I also, it. I also feel like they kind of, like, I don't know the term, shot themselves in the foot here by not doing more team-based events throughout the season and then just springing a team well, event towards the right, end. Right. I think well, if they had defense, more team events, there would be more... There what if it was in their defense though? It was events. a short season. Well, I was say, what if it was moved up? Like I'm thinking, like that's uh, what I'm kind of driving. Does anyone care right now? We're in football. That's season. what I'm wondering. What if it was be- before the FedEx Cup? Playoffs? There is that. We're going to talk about this a little bit later. Yes. What if they went January to August? They're going exactly. February to September. That's what we're, that's the thing. So now that's their next. Whereas move. early, I thought, oh well, this is a brilliant move. Don't go head to head against the PGA Tour. Make your events on either alternate weeks or alternate event weeks or after the FedEx Cup, which they did. Mm-hmm. But what they made the big mistake of doing is what you keep saying. What PGA Tour has been pretty smart to do is don't put any premier events once football season yeah, is we're going. Done. Yeah. Right. Because at least in America, you're going to really compete. Right. Right. And they they went head to head against football and lost. They did. To a large extent. And the President's Cup went head to head against football and they did pretty well. I think a lot of people tuned into the presence. I don't know what the viewership was of the presence. I don't know, but it was know, better than live. Right, it was better. Than, well, the average PGA Tour event pulls about seven hundred to eight hundred thousand viewership on the average event. On the average, but this again was their big event, their fifty million dollar headlined event. Um, but we even put a poll out um, just earlier on on the uh, the community page. We said, "Will you be watching this week's live golf team event?" And fifty six percent, as of when we we uh, get a screen grab of this poll said no so there's a lot of people who are it's not just a matter of not being able to find it this is a lot of people who are choosing not to necessarily watch it and i don't know why that is i know i, I mean that's just it. i i have an idea of why it is because there are there are the political ramifications but when I, when I say i don't know i mean on a broad scale like what is 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 it is it that it's everyone making an actual decision or is it that it's view it's hard to view because of where it lives i don't know but the fact is, it just remains the the writings on the wall. You know, you 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 can kind of spin it however you want. But the reality is, a major event, fifty million dollars, the big event to end your season, and you get three hundred thousand views. Well, they got to do something about that because you saw the number of how much they spent this year. <laughs> I can only imagine seven hundred eighty-four million. And well, the, they what they do? They budgeted two million. The Saudi put it to, two bill two billion away for three years, I think, to, to run this thing. So, so it says Liv's first year expenditure, according to the source, is pegged at seven hundred eighty-four million all in. Another one billion is committed for next year as the schedule will increase to fourteen. And and I think if back in the napkin math, can, can we say that they they've probably made back almost next to nothing? Probably because next there's to nothing. no there's no event sponsors. It's all sponsored by Liv. They do have. Um, merchandise but that's been slow to roll out because people are just getting used to like who the teams are yeah. and it, there's it's not there's no diehards going to buy that yeah. that stuff just yet let's like it's right. slowly rolling in but i'm even thinking about this i mean we know youtube from our own thing and stuff like that Three hundred thousand views i mean youtube if, even if it's paying that much right i mean maybe if they made a grand. couple thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> right but so they're, they're almost on. making nothing back yet right so i don't know Again, you guys weigh in in the comments. Do you think that this spells disaster for Liv? When you look at that low, low, low viewership for their biggest and most expensive event of the season, or is this just a bump in the road? And more specifically for you individually, did you choose to watch it or not? 
and why? Because this is something that's going to be, it's unveiling, it's unveiling and unraveling itself as it goes. And it's a very much a learning process. And Liv is not going away. They're committed. Like I said, $2 billion. There's going to be some more time. Is this a short blip in the story of Liv? Or is this the the indicator that something's under the surface, something's a problem, and this 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 is just not going to make it? That's what we want to hear. But anyway, switching gears. So let's talk about what Liv's business plan is. Okay. Because as we said earlier, like we know that there's a there's an issue for sure with viewership and it's been down. But mm-hmm. recently, the the executives from Live they give, gave a media presentation and highlighted the business model changes. And there's some significant changes. Yeah, the players seem thrilled about it in, in here. So are they massaging want, the players to make them feel good about making their decision that they made? It's possible. We'll see. Okay, it's possible. But I wonder if one of these helps to remedy that viewership problem that we talked about earlier. And the first one is that this the, the season for, for 2023 is now going to run from February through September. So they get three months off. Yes. And, and the shift of February through September is a dramatic change from what we saw this year, which we were speculating that could it be that a big part of why the viewership was down because they're competing with football. Right. They went into October, almost November. Right. Yep. So whereas... I think in some ways it was smart to try not to compete directly with the events of the PGA Tour, and they ran late late summer, and after the FedEx Cup, they ran some of their big events, Liv did, mm-hmm. but now you're seeing a shift. Now it's going to go like head-to-head right against the, the meat of the PGA Tour season. I wonder season. when they're going to do that, because so much happens. You got the, the FedEx Cup playoffs, and then you got the Ryder Cup, which is September and August, September. Like When are they going to... Is it all going to... Is like all what happened last past weekend going to happen right after? Well, there's Ryder no Cup? D- no doubt. If you're going February to September, there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to have events that are going to go on the same weekends as PGA Tour events. Oh, I mean, yeah. The PGA Tour event every weekend, right? You know, the ones that'll be definitely in question is I obviously don't think there are going to be any live event the week of the Masters in April, the majors. They, there's no way they're going to do something because they're be still pulling hard week. that they're their still, players right. will go play right, in, right in the majors. And as of right now, it looks like they still can, but that's going to be a huge one. Um, there's also going to be a future transfer market of players. So I'm assuming what they mean by that is trades. Yep. Right. So players can get traded from one team to the other. I think they really want to keep building on this. This uh, obviously this team. Yeah, it's becoming component. a business. The team. It's its own little business. It you is. Know? Okay. What else? Well, Let's... evidenced by that is that the teams, the 12 teams, will be owned 75% by live, and 25% by principal players is what they're calling them. And we had we had reported on this, I think, not too long ago. That I, eventually, I think their goal is for Live to get, fi- you know, or at least the Saudi part of it to get some of their their financial backing out that they had originally put in and start to sell the teams, and they'll become bigger. Owners how much can those teams. teams really make? That's what I'm wondering because I still haven't seen a revenue model. Right, like so, you, you go and buy a team, and they win all 14 weeks. Let's just say, and they win a hundred million dollars. Unless, as a part owner, do you still do you take home some of those winnings? Because right now the winnings are going to the players, right? Right. Okay. So, I mean, Zach, how does F1 work? How does the owner make money? They Well, they have they have sponsors. Yeah, a lot of sponsors, advertising. But if they win, the, don't they get money for a race? I really don't know how that works out, but they don't like ever talk about, oh, Lewis Hamilton won X amount of million well, dollars they, from this. Right. Like, I think they're all car companies. Like for the most part, they're car companies, and mm-hmm. so it's like amazing advertising to sell vehicles. Well, and, and owners, that's probably where they make the majority of their money. Like Honda, 
Honda's losing money being in Formula One, but they're making it back probably tenfold yeah, because they win have, on Sunday, sell building, on Monday. Yeah, the they're old, building yeah. the engine. And how much for, does a team in Live make when the team wins that week? Four million for the uh, week per week. I think it's four million. So each guy takes home one. Isn't each guy takes home yeah, one? It's so one or I mean, like I don't see that. Let's say if it's a team event, the team takes home four. They split it equally. So now is someone going to come in and take one of those four? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But but that's just it. Like another way that teams make money, team owners make money, is is owning part of the broadcast. Like didn't and then we say that with the Yankees with Yes Network well, and that football, big deal that yeah. was done. Right. So you're the owner of the Yankees. You get a portion of the broadcast. Well, right. right now, there's no broadcast. So like the like who created the Yes Network? Yankees. The Yankees, right? So why can't Live create the Live Network? Well, they have nowhere to put it. That's so the that's problem. the problem. And They're they would have to get a cable company to say we'll put that right buy now, a channel. Right. As of right now, no cable company is is putting out Live. And how many cable companies are in the world? There's a lot. I mean, there are a lot, but you have to then remember that the majority of television channels are all owned by probably three conglomerates. Correct. Right. So if those three big players don't want anything to do with Live, they're just not going to be on TV. Then they're not going to be on right. TV. Right. So right now what Live was looking to do was actually purchase airtime, which is going the other direction. It's yep. not revenue. It's obviously a cost. So what I'm saying is as these people who, who become owners, whatever the ownership is, what is that? Because I even think of like when you own like a soccer team, mm-hmm. like the asset because of like is it the sponsorship, the the sponsorship money, the money they put on the jerseys, yep. the the all that type of stuff, the broadcast. Live would obviously have to iron all that out because right now they're, they're sponsorless events, everything's sponsored by the Live. Right now they're just pulling from that same Saudi money that they have. And at also, some point that has to change. But that's what right. they're saying. Set the. Live is making that commitment that looks like they're trying to get other owners and other money in. 75% owned by Live, 25% owned by some principal players. And do they expect the principal players to buy 25% of the team or is it going to be granted to them? No, they might because have to buy Because it's in. like, so now is Phil's $200 million that he got from Live half of that money going to go away because he has to pay $100 million to buy 25% of this well, team that doesn't have well, like a you're so value? assuming that, live, that, that, that Phil would buy the team? Well, I assume that the principal players are going to be like Cam Smith, No, DJ. I don't think they're going to be players, golf players. That's the question I have. When they say principal players, to I don't me, know if they mean I thought that meant, or I thought that meant as a broader like the term. team it could be. captains. We don't know. That's, it could be players who have a lot of money like the djs and phils that's how okay. i assumed like, so you're you're that, that could be partners. it but you're hearing it different than i'm i'm thinking principal players just being like who's in play to buy this thing who's in play to buy it? what wealthy people are in right, play exactly. oh, that's see, what I think. see my my head went to a completely different space right like they they're gonna sell these to the players so that the players have a play and a hand in everything like a I, franchise that, to me that makes more sense yeah. like having the phil owned backed team but i still it's still, still a lot to DJ figure out owned and backed team there's still so much to figure out though because let's say phil is a part owner of a team and in two years he decides to retire what happens then does ownership because right. ownership could get to be especially if it becomes like a business and my, like ownership could yep. be like a weird thing but the other thing they're saying is now that each team will have substitute players which would bring the league to total of 60, 60 players. players. And we envisioned this. We saw this coming a yeah, mile away. Need, we did. And you'd have to have subs. You can't have a four-man team. So guys are going to get injured. Guys are going to have conflicts. Yeah. They're not going to be able to make it. You can't have your, your down, down a man. 
you know, it, it would be you. You almost be out of contention being down. But a if man the team wins in the week that you're not there, do you make any money? It's a good question. I'm sure that'll like, be how part is that of the plan. Split up now that they're five man teams. With the I bet the off guy of the week still gets compensated somehow. He, uh, you would. You would think. You imagine if Frank, we don't need you this week. You stay home. We'll yeah. send you a check if we win. You'd be like like Pat Perez. <laughs> See Pat. I mean his his Pat, headline was. Just, Pat's having a year of his, his life. His headline was just too good. I I, I got to. What's that quote? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, Pat. He, let me tell you. This guy says more. At least, are if nothing else, I mean, he's been the butt of the jokes. But at least, if nothing else, he's owning it. <laughs> he goes, well, uh, yeah, oh, he's owning it? it far more than any other golfer yeah. on the tour. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> like he, right. Pat, cleared seven million dollars in team prize money this year, and he just said, uh, "I'm paid. I don't give a, you yeah. know what? Right." So Good old Pat. Pack, pack he also got pay. about ten million to go there, which was speculated. So not a bad three months for Pat. Not a bad three months. I I personally still think that that's part of jumping back to what we were talking about before. I think that that's part of Liv's bigger viewership problem is when you have guys like saying I'm paid, I don't care. A lot of people are just like I don't have a desire to watch this as much because it just doesn't feel as hard fought. It feels like a lot of guys are just rich and getting richer, and it doesn't they don't it doesn't matter who right. wins and loses. Right. It doesn't feel as as um hungry not as hungry but but anyway going back to so the, the big changes that they were talking about um let me pull up that graphic that i had again so future transfer market of players the 23 season will be february through september 12 te- uh, 12 teams own 75 percent by live and 25 percent by principal players whatever that means mm-hmm. and each team will have substitute players meaning 60 total in the league but i think the biggest the biggest change out of all this is that season shift February to September, we'll put it head to head against the PGA Tour, and we'll get a lot of our questions answered with regards to two people care and are they watching it. When it comes down to Sunday afternoon, you're sitting on your couch, and which one do you put on? Right. You know, and they're probably gonna do it right after Super Bowl. We'll let that get behind. Waste management get behind. Why wouldn't Live go midweek? Wouldn't it make so much more sense to have their events Monday to Wednesday? You know, it's a great question because that's question's been raised even before with things like with less viewership that poss- you know, you know, deserve more viewership. Is it but just the competition? Who's really going to watch it then though? But that's the thing. People say like remember the, P- the LPGA Tour, a lot of people said, right. let let them play the Monday through Wednesday or whatever it may be. So you have golf every day to watch. Oh, right. so you're saying like people working, not available to watch TV and stuff. Yeah, like, like well, that. people work Thursday and Friday too. I bet rounds one and two of the PGA Tour normal events barely get any views, right? Normal events. The only ones that'll get views will get the Masters and stuff like that. Thursday at your desk, you got the thing fired right. up. It's always the the diehards are the watching. Diehards are watching Thursday. You're more Friday. casual golf watchers or Saturday. So I don't Sunday. think there's enough to watch live. So mid-week. there's really like no option here for them besides to just go directly against the PGA tour and hope it works out eventually. Uh, unfortunately for them, I don't think that there is another option because what would it be? Clearly, clearly yeah. if they do what they did this year and try to make it um, after the PGA tours meat of its season winds up, they're going to go against football. Cause remember Ernie Ells had suggested this. He said, yeah. why doesn't, why don't the PGA tour and live work together PGA Tour eliminate its fall season, the wraparound season, which, as we said earlier, is confusing little itself. Wacky, little wacky. And just go mm. wrap up the FedEx Cup in the end of August. Or let live do its its thing from se- September through November, and then the wrap up, fold up the tents, and move back to the PGA Tour. Right. But the thing would be, live would still be going up against the ten thousand pound gorilla, 
of football. It would. I mean, right now, Saturday people are watching college football. Sunday people are watching the NFL. It's just the reality of most of the country. Right. And we're also in the middle of World Series. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on right now. I know that's but anyway, so so regardless, though, Liv continues to, to unveil this plan as it goes. And, and there's there's set to be a lot more events next year. But that's the big business model change for Liv heading into next year. Will it make a difference? That's what we'll have to say. We'll see, man. We'll see. Um, time will tell. Regardless, though, like I said, it, it's it's. I think there's more to, to the story. There's more to be to be written. And even when you had guys like um, Rory, I forget what Rory's quote last week was, but he was like, uh, he was sick of like the back and forth and whatever. Yeah, I think like, don't quote me exactly on this, but Rory said something along the lines of all this us first them stuff has got to come to an end. And we need to, I don't know, kind of get the eyeballs back on the game and not exactly the drama of the mm-hmm. game. Which is tough coming from Rory because he seemed like he was one of the, the biggest promoters of the us versus them on the PGA Tour side. Yeah. So, Originally, but, but I yeah. think what it tells is like if you read between the lines, I think it's just that everybody's getting a little bit sick of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the storyline can't continue forever. But I also feel like something's got to happen. I feel like Rory was smart by saying that because if he's if he was the one kind of bashing Liv in the past he was doing that to try and like get people on the PGA tour side. And now I feel like it, he's saying, Oh, don't talk about live. Don't even give him the time of day. And nobody's going to talk about him anymore. If he continues well, to say like, Oh, all this us versus them stuff's really not that big of a deal. Like that was the main talking point. So now people might not tune in because they're just like, ah, we don't care. Like, right. if, if there's no rivalry, who cares? Well, some people have said that, PGA Tour and Moynihan from the start messed up. If he really wanted to kill Liv, he wouldn't have given it as much attention as he did by by creating yeah, all this. Right. Because, like I said, from the viewership, it doesn't seem like people just are super, super interested. Yeah. Right. Um, but again, like I said, it, we're, we're going to see this unfold next year. And, and I've even heard rumblings. And it's almost like now you don't want to speculate too much. You don't want to throw guys under the bus because we've speculated about certain people and then they don't go to Liv. But Liv is now saying that they're going to make two or three more big announcements before the end of the year. We would think this is it. Yeah. It's over. And But they say they want a couple more arranged before the end of 23. And now they're saying, and take this with a huge grain of salt, yeah. but Cantlay and, and Shoffley. I know. I saw it. Are on the table that you could see them go before be a the end of the huge year. Huge hit. Ricky should go and collect a bag. <laughs> and now he's playing better. You know. He would get a bag, too. You would think you, Ricky, because Ricky will b- bring some eyeballs. bring eyeballs. But you know, but again, it's just going to keep looping these back. We keep saying these things. Oh, Bryson, Bryson is the hottest guy in the PGA Tour, right? Everybody's watching him. Bryson will bring eyeballs. Oh, Cam Smith just won the Open. He's you know number one in the like we're, we're flirting with number one in the world. Number two, he right? Does give you more of a reason to tune in because you tune in to see Cam. Sure, but, but it doesn't seem like it was enough to turn it's the not corner. Moving the needle. It's like yeah. oh, Cam will bring the eyeballs. Right. Dustin will bring the eyeballs. Now you got some names, and you got three hundred thousand views. Yeah, and you're what's up? Yeah, something's up. Something's, something's up. up. I don't know what it is, but something's, something's up. up. All right, something's up. <laughs> anyway, that's all we have for you guys this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you guys subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and always we can keep leave the comments open. We ask only that we keep it as respectful as possible. I know Liv and PG Tour can get heated, but let's have an honest debate and honest conversation about it because at the end of the day, we're all golf fans and we want to see where this goes. So leave your comments below and we'll see everybody in the next video.